Well, welcome to the third episode. Hard to believe it's the third episode of the Psalm 51 podcast, which is a ministry of the Old Country Church at Lafette, based out of Lafette, Texas, just east of Pittsburgh. And we're also in partnership with Fallen and Grace Ministries, based out of Tennessee. And I'm your host, Riley Pate. Friend, mentor, pastor, all of the above, Brother David Jackson here with me, and we are excited to once again dive into this topic of restoration. Yeah, it's a, this is an interesting conversation that we're going to have today. Mm-hmm. It's one that we both will understand uh, the problems mm-hmm. that take place in someone who has been restored Uh, In other words, people who try to move forward after restoration struggle with memories of the past. Uh, uh, Brother Howes tells us if you want to forget your past, you must learn to deal with those things that will attempt to drag you back to the past. And so we're going to deal with that today. Uh, Things that we need to look at, things that we know will haunt us, if you will, who Mm -hmm. things that will try to uh, drag us back to keep us from doing the things that God wants us to do. And where we last uh, left off in in, in last episode, we were beginning to kind of look at Psalm 51, and Nathan uh, had confronted King David about his sin. David came to himself like we talked about last week. He became broken. And so from that point forward, the path of restoration getting back on his feet had begun. Yeah. And so what we want to do today, Brother Hiles had a list of things that he put out that can hold us back from moving forward when things happen in our life uh, that cause us to fall. Because here's the thing. Sadly... And and this is a sad truth. There are many people in the church who are (laughs) anti-restoration because they they don't want uh, filthy people, as they tend to look at, to get back on their feet. They don't want any of that to happen. Uh, They simply want uh, those people, you know, if you want to come back to church, that's okay, but you sit in your pew, you stay quiet, you don't do anything, and you just be a church member. But, but here's the thing, for men of God, and, and I'm going to specify this uh, right now, for men of God who are called to preach, such as you and I, uh, we're miserable if we're not preaching. Yeah. Uh, we, 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 you know, because it's a fire within our bones. It's something that builds each and every week. We're, we're miserable if we're not leading people and helping people and in the work of the ministry. And so... After we've gone through this process of restoration, we're back on the path. There are people who want to sit in the pew. That's not God's intention at all. He intends for us to get back to doing the things that he's called us to do. And whatever that is for you, God wants you to do it. But we want to look at some of the things that are going to try and hold you back from being who God wants you to be. There are hundreds and hundreds of pastors all over this country who have fallen into sin. And because of accusations... Mm -hmm they have not got back into the ministry of what God has called them to do. Accusations. And, and what we need to remember is that Satan is, acu- is the accuser of the brethren. Yes. And if you listen to Satan, that's exactly what you will be. Uh, we've all made mistakes in our past. And Satan would love nothing 
better uh, than to do his best to have accusers always dragging up your past. And, and here's the thing about accusations. 99.999% of the time, they are going to be worse than the actual <laughs> offense. Yeah, uh, There are stories that are told about people's offenses that by the time the last person hears it, it has gotten blown so out of proportion that it's not even close yeah. to what happened. It, I'll use this illustration that I've used before. You know, you, you play the game that they call telephone and you would whisper something in somebody's ear and it would go around the circle and then the last person would say what they heard. Yeah. And by the time the last person spoke, it wasn't anywhere close to the original sentence that, that had been starting the game, used starting the game and that's where people uh, get these accusations from. It, it's these wild stories, and it's these sordid details. I don't understand, for people who love accusing others, why would you want to live in somebody else's sordid details of their life? Yeah. It, it just blows my mind because all that's doing is dragging us down. And we're nothing more than instruments of Satan at that point because Satan's the one running around, you know, going to God, accusing to God. God said, well, I don't I don't know what you're talking about. Going to and fro. And, and then so Satan doesn't get what he wants out of God. So then he goes to church people, and he gets in their minds and in their ears, and he says, hey, you know they did that, so so go say this. Yeah. And, and, hey, you know, Brother So-and-So's trying to candidate at a church, so go tell them this. Well, that you're nothing more at that point than an instrument being used by Satan himself. Accusations... Uh, are ridiculous. I, yeah. I have no other way to put that. That's just ridiculous. Well, let, let me be loud and clear. I can speak myself. I know you'll agree with it because you, you, you would say the same thing. I am guilty. Hmm? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't have to have somebody else telling me my faults, my past mm-hmm. sins. I'm guilty. Yeah. But I have been forgiven. That's right. I, I don't need the accusations. You don't need that. I've heard them. I've yeah. heard the accusations about you. You've heard them about me. Yeah. I know what they are. I know how damaging they can be, not only to us, but to our families. Mm-hmm. Not only to our families, but to those in the church. Yes. Not only to those in the church, but those who look to Christians mm-hmm. and say, I want what they have. Yeah. Those who need to be saved, and yet... When we accuse people mm-hmm. of the wrong, accuse people of their faults, accuse people yes. of the sins that they have fallen into, we are destroying not only their lives, but we could keep somebody from being saved. Absolutely. And, and I, people, when, when somebody falls, the first thing people do is they go to that person, especially us as pastors, they come mm-hmm. to us and they say, well... Because of what you've done now, people will die and go to hell. And I had somebody come and tell me that, and my my response was, well, I'm not the one airing out what I did. If it were up to me, those people would not know. Yeah, I'm not the one going yeah. up there and telling them. You are. It, it's the accusations that get thrown around. It's the dirty laundry that gets aired out. That's what hurts uh, the lives of those who are lost yeah. because they hear that. Yeah. They have no idea what actually happened because they're not going to go to the person and actually ask them. It just doesn't happen. But but they hear those accusations and those accusations are what do the most damage in the lives of other people. Now that's not 
trying to say that that what we've done in our life is good or perfect. No, we're not condoning sin at all. But what we are saying is if you are in that situation where you have fallen and somebody comes up to you and and uses that phrase, well, first of all, my my first question to them is, okay, well, if you think they're going to die and go to hell, why don't you go witness to them? But number two, my response to them would be, then why are you telling them? Yeah. Well, why are you? That's exactly what Satan wants to do. He wants to stir the pot so that these accusations will be thrown about, and that's what he likes. Because then the people who are outside the church see the people inside the church shooting the wounded, killing their own, and they go, I want no part of that. And Satan's sitting back twiddling his thumbs going, hey, you're doing my work for me. I don't have to do anything. You know, we, we've seen what accusations can do to a church. Mm-hmm. We've seen what accusations can do to the person who is trying uh, to get back to the Lord, yes. who is being restored of God. We've seen what those as- accusations can do. Mm-hmm. We, we realize that there's consequences to sin. Yes. Uh, we, we realize that, uh, you know, if, if you fall into sin... There's consequences for your sins. David said, "Be sure your sins will find you out, mm-hmm. and and they will find you out." Yes. And uh, but we don't need to be lurking in the past. Exactly. We, okay. There are consequences for sin. Be a big man and accept those consequences. But don't go back and dwell on those consequences. Don't dwell uh, on on the past. Think of the grace of God. Yes, because that was the next thing on the list was that our consequences can't hold us back. And and understand, I I think I used this in a sermon here recently, uh, maybe on a Wednesday night, but but that God's discipline is for our good. God God never disciplines his children for the purpose of keeping them down. He disciplines them to get them back on the right path. But if we dwell on that consequence then it's not serving its purpose because that's what's holding... Well, God did this, so I must not be worthy. That's not what God was telling you at all. God was simply saying where you were at is not where I wanted you to be. So I had to correct you in order to get you back where I want you to be. But now, go on. God's not going to keep coming back and say, well, remember that time I spanked you? Or remember that time I used the chastening rod? God doesn't do that. God said, I've done it. It's over. It was for your good and my glory. Now let's move on. Yeah, if, if we'll just simply look to the grace of God, His grace and what He has done for us, what He's going to do for us, the grace that we are doing His work, we are serving Him, we know that we're going to live in heaven forever. That, that grace of God is far outweighs anything that we did or the consequences of what has taken place in our life from God. And and I think a lot of the reason that we let the consequences hold us back is because when that happens, we start to allow our minds to wander off into the territory that so many go with God that, oh, he's just a mean God. He's just up in heaven waiting for us to mess up. (laughs) That's not not it at all. God's... Uh, again, God's consequence is for His glory, yes, but it's also for our good because He loves us enough to correct us. God God could keep His hand off of us and say, you know what, you do what you want to do. And, and in fact, the Bible says that there are some, some people He does that to because they, they continue to rebel and they continue to say no. But He could do that. But He says, no, I'm going to correct you so that you can get back where you need to be. Well, it's not only coming back to Him. It's, it's not only so you can get back, but... With those who have fallen, 
the consequences we go through is, is not to hurt us, but it's to make us better yes. than we were. Mm-hmm. And uh, because of those consequences, we we also have critics in our life. Yes. Uh, to yep. if you've ever fallen, uh, maybe you're you're you've not gotten right with God. Maybe you have got right with God, and you've tried to uh, get back in church. Uh, you've tried to make amends with your marriage, make amends with your friends or whatever. Uh, there are those who are going to be critics of your life. And, and here in just a minute, we're going to dive into uh, a couple of specific types of critics. But right now, we're just kind of talking about the critics who are on the outside looking into your situation. Mm-hmm. They have no idea what, what the reality is. Those people no. on the outside looking in have no idea what actually happened 90% of the time. And no. even when they do, they have no idea what processes you're going through to get back on your feet. We, You and I talked about a man that you knew that that apparently had said some things uh, to a church. Mm-hmm. you know. And, and my response to you was he had no idea what was going on. That's right. He, he had no idea what, what was going on in the inner circle of your life as to uh, the processes that you had uh, sought out counseling, yeah. that you had gotten right with yeah. uh, the people that had been wrong. He had no idea, but, but he was a critic. So he said, well, I heard this, so I'm going to go tell other people. Yeah. And how dare he ever try and take a pulpit? And how dare he, you know, be so bombastic in his... That's a critic. A critic is somebody who is not happy with their life. And so they're going to use the, the details that they hear, knowing nothing about the situation, against the people who are trying to get right. That, that's all a critic is, is somebody on the outside who has no idea... What's really going on on the inside? You know, critics critics are those who are not happy with their life, but they want to make somebody somebody else's life even more miserable. Yes. Whether it's, if it means lying about somebody, if it means uh, telling the whole world your faults that you have in your life, mm-hmm. they want to destroy your life. Okay. Uh, we're, not, we're not necessarily talking about people who are outside the church. We're talking about people in the church. Yes. We're, we're talking about pastors, uh, preachers, mm-hmm. uh, who who would rather would love nothing more than to keep you from ever serving God again. Mm-hmm. And uh, and yet we we must not allow them people uh, to dictate our usefulness for God. Well, and those critics come from the mindset of, well, if I was in their shoes, I would handle it differently. I would do things different. This is what I would do. Yeah. It's so different than when, when I was coaching and we would, I, I, I vividly remember we were beating a rival. Uh, we were up 50 to 7. And and they could not stop one particular play that we had offensively. And so we kept running it. We kept running it. We kept running it. So we're up 50 to 7. And there are people behind us in the stands going, y'all are getting too predictable. We're up 50 to 7. Okay, with like five minutes left to go in the ball game. And those, they thought in their minds, well, if we were down there on the sidelines, we would do it different. Church work is no different. There are people... On the outside, other pastors who say, well, if I was in that position, here's what I would do. And they're, they are not ashamed to tell their church. They'll get up in front of their church about somebody else and say, well, if I was in his shoes, here's here's the right thing. Well, it's only right to you because you think that you know what's going on. But you really have no idea what's 
in, in going on on the inside. You know that that's one reason that uh, we don't believe that any person ought to get up in front of a church and confess their sins to the church. Because then the critics come. And and no one needs to know the ooey-gooey details of what a person has done. Why would you? (laughs) You you don't need to hear those things. And, uh, but, you know, the best thing we can do for our critics is pray for them. Yes, try it. Be kind to them. Be kind to them. The, The best thing we can do is pray for them that, that, God will change their mind, that God's grace will be upon them, that they'd be willing to help somebody who has fallen rather than tear them down. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it is the, uh, we, uh, we cannot believe the critics. Uh, what they say is not true. They attempt to hurt you by entertaining the accusations and making you redeem yourself to them. Yeah. Like they're God. Yeah. They're, they're putting themselves in God's position. They, they, they want to be God. They, they want to control you. They want to uh, tell you how rotten and sorry you are, that you cannot be used of God again. And um, uh, But listen, w- critics have heard one side of the story, and often there is no reason for them to hear any other side. Mm-hmm. They don't want to hear another side of because the story. Because they've got what they want. They've got what they want. Yep. Uh, they they want to destroy your life. But but thank God we don't serve the critics. That's right. We, we serve, serve God. God. That's, That's right. right. And, and then, not only do you have critics, but now I, I said we would get a little bit more specific. There are certain types of people uh, in your inner circle, you know, the critics are on your outer circle, but yep. there's people even in your inner circle that can hold you back. The first one uh, that he lists there is family. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and you know, I, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say this: family is more than blood. Yep. And here's why I say that: because often it's the people who have your blood in their veins that want to destroy you. Yeah. Because of hidden agendas, because of jealousy, because of thing, you know, things that they deem to be uh, mistreatment, mm-hmm. and so what what happens in your in your family is you fall. Well, how dare he have said this to me then years ago, or how dare he hit? Yeah. Wait, that's that's got nothing to do with it, and then. When you start getting right, they think that it's a, an affront to them personally. Yeah. As, as if what you're doing has anything to do with their personal life. And so it, it's almost as if it offends people in our families for us to get right. And, and, and no doubt, if you are listening to this and you're fallen and you haven't already experienced that, you're going to at some point, especially when you start getting back on your feet, especially when you start moving forward for God, there's going to be somebody in your family that's going to have taken it per Well, how dare you have done that to me? You didn't do it to them. And, and this is what I said uh, last week on the show. That's why David said, according to thy loving kindness, according to thy tender works, all that, because ultimately, and, and then he says, against thee and thee only have I sinned, because ultimately everything we do is not against other people. Now, it's good. Understand this. It's good to try and, and mend relationships with those that we've hurt. Don't don't misconstrue that, but but if you don't fix anything other than your relationship with God, that's all that matters. Because those other people want to be where God is, and family is terrible about doing. You know, it 
I, I don't think it's so much that families want to destroy your life as much as they want to control yes. your life. And uh, it, it is true. The relationship we have with our God is number one. Mm-hmm. We must mend that problem, that relationship. We must be right with God. And it is true. We live in the flesh, and God has given us our families. Mm-hmm. He has given us our parents. He has given us our kids, our grandkids. And we, none of us ever want to be at odds with our family. Right. And yet, for many uh, of us, our families have uh, tried to control us. Mm-hmm. Once we have gotten right with God, once we have... Uh, uh, be, started being used of God uh, mm-hmm. and done what God has called us to do. Yeah. And yet, it, it is not their choice to decide what we do or do not do for God. We yes. must be obedient to God. And, uh, and th- that, that, that relationship of family is probably one of the greatest relationships we can have outside of our relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And nobody wants that relationship to be destroyed. Nobody does. No, nobody does, but but at the end of the day, just because you're, you're family with somebody does not mean, and, and I like that word you used, control. Mm-hmm. It does not mean that they have control over you. Yes. That they get to sit back in their little chairs like a video game uh, a player, you know, would control the players in the game. Un- unfortunately, that's where so many people get re- get off track a- as a family. They think, well, because we're kin and because this happened, now I've got to fill the void and I've got to take over because they don't know how to run their life. Yeah. But but yes, it, we want that relationship. But I want to uh, share a scripture with you here uh, for just a moment. And it's it's a scripture that we often look at and go, well, that's rather harsh. Uh, but but I think it's very appropriate. And, and and the more that I've gone through things with family, the more I've I've uh, come to understand this scripture here. Well, there's no doubt. Both both of us have. Uh, while you're looking at both of us have. Um, I hate to use the word suffer, but we've gone mm-hmm. through ordeals with family that we simply do not understand. Uh, We must turn it over to the Lord and allow Him to take care of the problems, take take care of the relationships. And uh, once we do that, then we are taking it out of our hands and putting it into God's hands uh, because God can control any situation. So so this is what, what Jesus said. And they went. Uh, this is in the book of Luke, chapter fourteen, verse twenty-five. Jesus is talking to a, a crowd there, and there went a great multitudes with him. And he turned and said unto them, "If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple." Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of people. That's an unpopular verse. <laughs> uh, and a lot of people misconstrue that that word hate there is not hate in the sense of a disdain. It is a preference word. Yeah. Uh, it's used a couple of different times, and and so in the Greek it literally means to prefer one over the other. And so what Jesus was teaching there, he said it if and just prior to that there was a man who had come to him and said I want to follow you, yeah. and 
Jesus said, well, then come on. And he said, well, but wait, before you go, I got to go and bury my dad. Now, his dad wasn't dead yet, but what he was saying was, let me, my, my father's old, let me wait on him. When he dies, we'll bury him, and then I'll, and, and Jesus said, let the dead bury their dead. What he's talking about is let the spiritual dead stay behind, but those who are, are my disciples have to, to, to go and follow. So he follows that up here in Luke chapter 14 by saying, if you can't prefer me over them, you can't be my disciple. And unfortunately, because of the things that happen in this process of restoration when it comes to family, we have to be reminded of that verse right there. Yeah. That if we really want to do what God's called us to do, there's there may very well come a point where we have to say, you know what, God, I've got to prefer you over my family. And it hurts. <laughs> do not misunderstand us. This is not an easy thing to come to grips with. It is not easy to, to face each and every day. But we can rest in knowing that when we die, we don't face our family. We don't face anybody. We face God and God alone. Yeah. And that when we are preferring him over all others, we're one of his disciples. Then we're doing what he's called us to do. Yeah, of course, we, we all love our families. Yes. We, we love them more than any uh, anything outside of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ mm-hmm. because God has given us yes. our families. And regardless of what they do, regardless of what they say, whether they're a critic uh, don't understand whatever it may be. We pray for our, I, I pray for my family every day. Yes, uh, absolutely. Every, every night, and uh, and others that have came to us and said, uh, a good friend of ours who pastors their their son uh, and daughter in law quit speaking to him for a long period of time, mm-hmm. and uh, came to uh, she came to my wife and said, "What do we do?" And she said, "Pray," yes. and I'm going to pray for you. And uh, several months down the road, uh, they were reunited Mm -hmm. and now have a great relationship. Turn it over to God. Yes. And God can take care of any situation. Do not give up on your family. Mm -hmm. Do not quit loving your family. Do not quit praying for your family. And regardless of how critical they may be of you, and your ministry that God has given you, you never give up on family. Right. And uh, watch God. Yes. Watch God do the miraculous because he can restore. He's in this restoring business. He restored you and he can restore them. That's exactly right. And he can restore that relationship. Yeah. But he will not do it if we get stagnant. If we back up on him to follow them, he won't do it. But if we're moving forward for him, we're being faithful to what he wants us to do and we're praying God can do anything. One thing our family looks to, and not only them, but our next point, our our uh, uh, well-meaning friends mm-hmm. <laughs> that we have, one thing they look is to see if we really have been restored. Mm-hmm. If we really mean what we say we're doing. Right. They're watching our every move. Mm-hmm. And that's good. Right. That's good. Because... We want to be who God has called us to be. Absolutely. And these well, these well-meaning friends. Uh, 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 sometimes a, a friend, as Brother House has said, will tell you what is said about you to let you know they are for you. And in their attempt to encourage, 
they discourage you. Yeah, because now they're telling you something you didn't even know was floating around out there. Yeah, how, how, I, I can't tell you the times that, that somebody has come to me and said, do you know this about Brother Pate, Brother Riley? Yeah. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. Matter of fact, I don't want to know that. Right. I don't want to hear that. Yeah. I don't want to hear the negative of somebody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't need that in my mind process. I don't need to hear that. All I need to know is that whomever they're speaking of, whether it's me or you or someone else, is that that person has gotten right with God. Yeah, and and, and I go back to, you know, and this is how God works in, in bringing us together to serve together because people have come after both of us yeah. and come to both of us about each other. You know? yeah. and, and so finally I got to a point and I said, I said, whoa, 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 wait a minute, time out, hold up. I said, so you're telling me that based off of what you're saying here, that that negates any good he has done or could do. Yeah. And that person looked at me and said, well, I don't think so. I said, then why are we talking? What Absolutely. is the discussion? There is no discussion. If if that's how this works, then nobody can ever preach again. Nobody can. And it was just, it clicked that, why are we even talking about this? And and, and they, they mean it. Well, well, I just want you to be in the note. Why do we need to be in the note? Why does it matter? If God is using that person, it doesn't matter what you think you've heard or you think you may know, but ultimately you're no better than the critics in the sense that now you're spreading accusations that aren't even close to the original offense. Well, God God gave us a good word for that, gossip. Yes. And he (laughs) said uh, gossip would kill a church. That's right. And, And what we must do, and I love what my pastor used to say. If somebody came to him with accusations of somebody else, mm-hmm. hold on just a minute. Let me call that person in here. Mm-hmm. You know, why do we talk behind people's back? Yes. About something they've done. Mm-hmm. What we must learn to do is say, okay, I'm not going to listen to this. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear this. Yeah. Take it to God. Right. Don't bring it to me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear about your past. Right. Uh, you know, you know, you and I both have talked uh, intensely about our past and and uh, where God has brought us back to. Yes. And and I would more times uh, I, the things that I want to hear is and see in your life in my life is what God's doing now. Exactly. Not what I, happened. I, I don't want to hear the past. Right. You know, God has forgiven it. God has forget it. Let's leave it in the past. The past mm-hmm. is a past. Don't bring it up anymore. So if you're listening to this and you've fallen and that well-meaning friend comes to you and says, hey, did you know so-and-so said this? Don't get mad at them. Yeah. They, they, they in their hearts think that they're helping you. But look at him and say, you know what? Let's not worry about that. Let, let's worry about, you and I both know where God's brought me. Let's work, Let's focus on it. Yeah. Or if you're a, a, one of those friends, be that friend that when somebody else and comes to you and just tell them, you know what, I'm their friend. The past doesn't matter. Let's focus on God. Yeah. Uh, you know, that way there's not any of this bringing things back up for, for discussion or bringing these things back up in people's memories. Move on. Move forward. That's what God uh, has done and wants us to do. And then the next one is our memory. Yeah. Our own mind is our worst enemy. Uh, an idle mind is the devil's workshop, and the devil will certainly use it against us. Because if we sit there and we start thinking, and that's something we, we do have to work through. Because for those of us that have fallen and we know what we did was wrong, and we, we know we hurt people, and we know that 
we tend to go back over, well, what about this and what about that? But in reality, God said, I've forgotten it. You need to, too. You need to move on. Yeah. Well, you know, it's. Uh, I like what Brother David said. And by the way, let me let me just say thank thank you to Brother House for yes. uh, uh, his wisdom uh, yes. in 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 giving us uh, uh, outlines like this that we can use. And uh, but I, I like what he said that we 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 have a memory. It can be a good thing, such as where are my car keys or my cell phone. And uh, he said he said his wife. That's for his wife. She's always well. My my wife's same way. Yeah, I go to the closet and I look for something. I don't remember it's at where it's at, and uh, you you just lose your head if it wasn't glued <laughs> on. You know, right? Well, our, our our memory is good, but we don't need to go back and dwell on those things that don't need to be in our life anymore, mm-hmm. and we don't need to listen to people who are going to bring them up right. all the time. We need to move on in our life. Use our memory to memorize Scripture. Use yes. our memory uh, to quote the Word of God, mm-hmm. and uh, instead of the negative. And uh, I, you know, I guess uh, the the last thing that uh, He has given us here is is one that I think is probably one of the greatest hindrances in our day and time, and yet it's something that we use and can be used for the good because we're using it today. Yes. And, and that's called social media. Yes. And uh, uh, there, there's been a place where people love to post and discuss the sins of others. I, 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 there's there's nothing I hate more than to get on social media and, and see where people is talking negative about other people or, or bringing their, uh, their uh, trash uh, onto social media yes. to bring their... Uh, um, Problems on the social media. Uh, I hate listening to that. Mm-hmm. I hate reading about that. Yes, you know, we need the positive in our life, not mm-hmm. the negative. Right. Uh, drama, 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 drama. People love drama. They do, and, and they want to spread it all over uh, Facebook and social media, and mm-hmm. and talk about uh, how sorry people are and the sins of others, and and. Right. What? Listen. If you've got something negative to say, somebody carry it to God and tell God because He already knows about it. Right. You're talking to people who know absolutely nothing about what you're talking about, but now you've placed in them a seed mm-hmm. that can do nothing but hurt. Try. Yeah, and, and <laughs> social media gets everything out instantly. And here's the issue. Once it's out there, you can delete it, but somebody's already seen it. Yeah. Why would you use that kind of a platform for anything other than good? Mm-hmm. Why do you think that it's so important to to get it out there first? That, oh, I, I, I heard today that so-and-so fell. Or did you know that so-and-so that you just listened to did this, this, and this? Yeah. Nothing can be more damaging. Yeah. To a person's reputation, yeah. his platform, yeah. and his family. Yeah. Because here's what happens. That person's family is on social media, yeah. or somebody in it is, yeah. and they see that. Now they have to read what everybody else, their opinions and their takes, and their 
Why would we ever, as church people, want to do that to somebody else's life? Well, what what we must decide to do in our life when it comes to social media, and I know a majority of the people are on social media, but when you come across something and you see it begin to start talking about others or degrading others or or it looks like it's gossip, mm-hmm. d- delete it. Yeah, move, move on. on. Move on. Don't get involved in that. Don't get involved in... By the way, I don't want to look at mine. Right. I've yeah. already turned them over to the Lord. Yes. We must somehow, as a child of God, look at the purpose that God has given us. Yes. And don't go down the rabbit trail. Don't 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 do that. We we have a purpose as as a child of God, a present purpose. Mm-hmm. We don't need to look at the back at the past. Yes. We need to look at the present. Right. What God is wanting us to do. We, you and I have a purpose at the Old Country Church at Lafette. Mm-hmm. God has called us. Yes. God has a purpose. We are seeing that calling and that purpose being fulfilled by people being saved. Yes. By people being baptized. By lives being restored. Mm-hmm. Uh, by people who are who are drawing closer to the Lord. Yes. Uh, and, and that's all I care about. Yeah, and, and and I want to say that those things that we see in our life, and, and you'll see it in yours if you're back on that path of restoration, those things, the pull of those things forward, far outweigh the pull of all these other things backwards. Right. These things that we're talking about, these accusations, these consequences, critics, family, well-meaning friends, your memory, even social media, the pull of God forward is greater than the pull of these things backwards. And so don't let these things get you bogged down. Mm-hmm. Don't let these things get you hindered. Don't let these things, you know, beat you down inside. You say, you know what? I serve a God who has forgiven me, and when he forgives, he forgets, and he is only concerned about what is ahead, not what is behind. Yeah, we don't we we don't need to be influenced by the past of others. Mm-hmm. We don't need to be influenced by our own past. Right. When we have turned them over to God, we need to do just that. Yes. Turn it over to God and give it to God and let it go. Mm-hmm. We must be busy today with the purpose that God has given us. You have a purpose. If you have fallen and you've got right with God, you're going to have critics. You're going to have people who want to see you ultimately fail in what God has called you to do. Uh, but do not give up. Let the past go. Don't listen to the critics. Mm-hmm. Don't listen to those who want to control your life. Yes. You listen to God. Absolutely. You be willing to be used of God. God will use you. God's forgiven you. Yeah. God's forget about had forgotten about it. So leave the past alone. Yes. Turn to God, be used of God, and let God use you. And I promise you, you'll see the fruit because of it. That's exactly what Paul meant when he said, Brethren, I I count myself to not have been apprehended, but this one thing I do, I press towards the mark for the high calling. That's it. Which is in Christ Jesus. That's it. So we want to encourage you in this episode, keep moving forward. Don't let these things hold you back because God has put you where you're at for a reason. And it will show you things and and have blessings in your life that you could have never uh, imagined. Again, we here at the Old Country Church at Lafette want to be a help to you, so feel free. Find us on Facebook. 
reach out to myself or Brother David, and we will be glad to help you. And, and if it's something that we can't help you with, we will surely uh, be able to get you in touch with those who can. Absolutely. And so we want to be a help to you. And we hope that you've enjoyed this episode of the Psalm 51 podcast. We hope you have a great week. May God bless and go to church on Sunday morning. Amen. God bless.